My name's Forrest, Forrest Gump. Would you like a chocolate? Oh, thank you. It's funny what a young man recollects. You're the same as everybody else. You are no different. Your boy's different. Are you stupid or something? I'm as stupid as a stupid does. I'm Jenny. I'm Forrest, Forrest Gump. She was my most special friend. My only friend. We was together all the time. We was like peas and carrots, Jenny and I. Run, Forrest! Hey, stupid, run! You wouldn't believe it if I told you, but I can run like the wind blows. Who in the hell is that? That there's Forrest Gump, coach. Just a local idiot. I never thought it would take me anywhere. David put me on a thing called the All-America Team. Well, you get to meet the President of the United States. Congratulations. How does it feel to be an All-American? I gotta pay. <laughs> I believe he said he had to go pee. Now, maybe it's just me, but... college was very confusing times. Have you ever been with a girl, Forrest? I sit next to them in my home economics class all the time. Have you given any thought to your future? God! What's your sole purpose in this army? To do whatever you tell me, drill sergeant? You're a damn genius! You are going to be a general someday, go! Yes, drill sergeant! They sent me to Vietnam. Listen, you promise me something, okay? If you're ever in trouble, don't try to be brave. You just run, okay? Okay. Where are you boys from in the world? Alabama, sir! You twins? No, we are not relations, sir. For some reason, what I was doing seemed to make sense to people. Forget about me! Get yourself out! Been awarded the Medal of Honor. How come? Now, my mama's always telling me how miracles happen every day. <laughs> some people don't think so. Jenny! But they do. You can come home with me at my house in Greenbow. I'll take care of you. Why are you so good to me? You're my girl. Paramount Pictures presents Tom Hanks. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. Robin Wright. Will you marry me? I'd make a good husband, Jenny. You would, Forrest. But you won't marry me. Gary Sinise. I never thanked you for saving my life. And Sally Field. My boy Forrest is going to get the same opportunities as everyone else. A film by Robert Zemeckis. What's my destiny, Mom? You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. never seem the same once you've seen it through the eyes of Forrest Gump. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. Hello, welcome to Movie Humpers. I am Bob Sham. I am Angela. And the sounds of here may be dogs. It has been comfort food all month long. And this last week, it's an early Christmas gift. Five drops yep. this week going into December. Culminating in our first Christmas movie by Friday. Uh, but we're also culminating our category of comfort food in which we talk about movies we love from our past that affected us. We're analyzing them today. As well as movies in which actors play challenged roles in the sense that they are regular actors playing people with intellectual disabilities. I feel like this movie hit both of those. We've had a couple of movies hit both. This movie was more nostalgic for me than I realized. Let me set this up how, I don't, you know, maybe we got a lot of adults that were maybe born, you know, in the 21st century now. Sure. Babies. This movie, Forrest Gump, directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Eric Roth and Winston Groom, based on a book by Winston Groom, starring Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, Gary Sinise, Michael T. Williamson, Sally Field. Um, very, 
very big hit movie. Yeah. I think this this is from a time where if a movie was big enough, it could stay in the theaters for like the better part of a year. Absolutely. Uh, we went to see this. I I at least saw this in the theater twice. I'm sure I saw it at least once. My grandma loved this movie. I forgot until I was watching this that I had the soundtrack to this movie. And I listened to it constantly for a while. It was always on in my car. Because it's just good music. The soundtrack sold millions. Yeah. It's essentially a Doors CD with Buffalo Springfield and uh, Bob Seger songs on it, right? Absolutely, yes. Compilation that people bought. and um, Good mixtape. And this movie was massive. Cost $55 million. Its total box office, $628 million. And it wasn't even the biggest movie that year. What was the biggest movie that year? In 1994, The Lion King. Whoa. Yeah. Well, Lion King was fucking huge. Of course. I just didn't realize this came out at the same time. Yeah. This is also the same year that uh, Pulp Fiction came out. That was... Quentin so Tarantino's breakout That's film. what I was going to say, because that's the movie I thought of for now. It was a hit, but it wasn't like half Nowhere a billion dollar hit. And also, I guess, I said I was listening to the soundtrack in my car. I was only 14 when this came out, but by the time I got a car, I was still listening to the soundtrack, because I remember. Sure. Although I think I only had a cas- cassette. You had you probably had like four cassettes for this thing. I rem- Maybe I recall the CD being like a double disc. I had the CD though later, so it stayed with me so long that by the time I had the means to play CDs, I had the CDs of this. The poor parody is pretty good too. Can you guess the title of the Forest por- Hump? That's so basic. It's Forest Cump. Oh, because cum is in there. Mm-hmm. There's and- also a Forest Gape. Oh, okay, that's part of the Gape series. That correlates with I am Sam's gaped anus, who's eating Gilbert's gape. Mm. That's from the Gape Tyrion collection. You know, I remember there being a big thing when this came out about how Sally Field had recently played his love interest and now was playing his mother. The thing about Sally Field in this movie is it makes sense because when Forrest Gump is a child, she is how old she is, right? And then she ages through the movie. This is the first time I remember that being done extremely well. Mm. The aging of someone. Because they do it very lightly. And I was really paying attention to it while I was watching it every time you see her. Because they don't go from like she looks young to she has a bunch of wrinkles. There's like tiny age spots. There's a little bit of gray. Like they do it... So smartly. And Sally Field is also good at playing a doting Southern mother as oh, well. Oh, hell yeah. So. She's perfect at this. Uh, with Gump, his, uh, you know, there's some differences with the Winston Groom novel. From my understanding, the Winston Groom novel is a little bit more cynical. Oh. Uh, and also, Forrest Gump is not, he's portrayed as someone who might be perceived as simple, but in the book, he's actually like a savant. Maybe more like a Rain Man type. He actually is really good at physics, can do numbers in his head really well. In the book, he becomes an astronaut and a pro wrestler. What? And a chess champion. Okay. Apparently, uh, he saves Chairman Mao's life in the book. Okay. Well, in the movie... He's just low IQ 70. He has a 70... Five IQ, I think, and they say you can't go to public school if it's not 80. So he's just right below. But his mom throws some pussy around. Oh, yeah, she does. Gets him in that public pool. I love that pool. scene so much. Public pool. <laughs> I love that scene so much. Uh, your mama sure does care about your schooling, son. Mm-mm-mm. You don't say much, do you? In the groom novel, he seems to be a bit more autistic and not like just a dummy. And we've seen this a few times this month in which the more you read on a character, you realize they're probably in real life more autistic, but they're just portrayed in the movie as just being low IQ. Well, this isn't real life. Like, this wasn't an actual person. Oh, sure. That's the difference. So, there's also that. I'm thinking, like, riding the bus with my sister and... um, not radio. No, not radio. Maybe. Uh, Bill, maybe? Bill. 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 Because Bill, 
Yes, Bill, we we discovered, was really not... He, made, he just had a little bit of a lower IQ, but it wasn't even that bad. Like, I think he is probably over 80. Like, I don't know for sure, but he could have gone to school. He could have been taught things. He just wasn't. But Gump is the, the most infamous challenge performance because for a main character because he accomplishes things. He does great things. He becomes... Like the if the book is supposed to be cynical, the movie is opposite. It's affirmation. It's, it's hopeful. And I was thinking about this today, you know, trying to think about what I wanted to say about this. And I think the reason it works, and I'm actually really glad that they made that decision to just make him have a little bit of a lower IQ. Nothing else is wrong. You know, he's just a little slower. He's not as smart as everyone. There is a... It ends up that because he looks at things in a much more simple way, things do kind of come to him because he's not overcomplicating things. He's like, oh, I need to go buy a shrimp boat because I told my friend I was going to buy a shrimp boat. Well, there is one book detail that when I tell you about it, you'll wish was in the movie. Okay. Apparently when he was involved in the space program, he uh, encounters and befriends an orangutan, which is his companion for apparently the rest of the story. Like every which way but loose scenario. Okay, but I appreciate them possibly taking that out so as not to have to put an animal in a movie. Yeah. I appreciate that. But yes, that story, yes, I would love to see that. <laughs> and, and look, I might get canceled for saying this. Orangutans? No such thing. They're chimps with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking care if I get canceled for it at this point. I'm tired of of all of us pretending like an orangutan is its own species. These are obviously chimpanzees with Down syndrome. Alright? Cancel me! I don't care! I'm sick of your lies! So, Forrest Gump. So, Forrest Gump. Uh, You know, I saw something recently where he was talking, and I feel like I've told a bunch of people this ahead of us watching this movie, but... The voice that he does in this was completely dictated by the boy who played his character. He wasn't sure how he was going to speak, and they were talking about it. You know, he and Zemeckis, it was like, how are we going to, what are we going to do? How is Forrest going to sound? Like, what's his cadence going to be? And then this young actor comes in who's playing child Forrest, and that was his natural accent and cadence because he's a little country boy. Yeah. And Tom Hanks was like, this is perfect. I'm just going to match him. So there was never, there was never a, I'm going to try to make him sound slow. It's just this like very realistic Southern accent. And a lot of those people just talk slow anyway. Like he's not overdoing it. It's also a double dose of Zemeckis this week because he directed Roger Rabbit. Oh, yes. So, yes. Yay, Zemeckis. (laughs) Also, fun fact. They were looking for directors for Roger Rabbit, and they thought about Terry Gilliam, which we mentioned. But they also considered Terry Gilliam for Forrest Gump as well, and he turned it down. Interesting. Terry Gilliam almost directed, like, both of the Robert Zemeckis movies. Well, I guess, not almost, he turned it down, but, like, he was Sure, sure, but I do wonder, like, what that would have looked like. Yeah, yeah. I like Terry Gilliam. Uh, Um, But, yeah, so Forrest Gump goes through so much shit, like, we can't possibly cover it all. No, but I will say, um, he doesn't seem to understand that Vietnam is a war. He doesn't really seem to understand. Like, he's like, uh, we were supposed to find someone named Charlie. Yeah, you know. I don't think he ever shot a weapon in the Vietnam No, he did. War. There's a scene where they have the gun. Right before he rescues his whole platoon, he's shooting a gun. They have guns. And they're, they actually are, like, fighting for a minute. And then they realize they're going to lose and they retreat. I don't recall him actually firing a weapon. He did. Um, cause I made note of it and my, I was like, oh, he's actually shooting. Yeah. Uh, because he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. But then that's when, you know, his friend Bubba starts yelling, run for us. I love Bubba. Is Bubba also yes. on the same level as Gump so. here? I think so. But Bubba, I do think is more autistic because Bubba. We haven't gotten into Jenny, but we will. We, we will, will. We will. Not to try to like diagnose Bubba, but he does seem on the spectrum a little more autistic because of how much he is obsessed with shrimp, all the facts he knows about shrimp. I love that part so much where it's like different scenes where he's just talking about shrimp gumbo, shrimp sandwich, shrimp salad. And then he just goes, all right, I think that's it. How have we never been to a Bubba Gump Shrimp Company restaurant? Wait. This seems 
The, um, a lot of them have closed. There used to be one downtown Nashville here, but now we have to go to Gatlinburg. If no, we I've never go. been to one. I think I went to a Joe's Crab Shack once in Gatlinburg, but I've never been to a Bubba Gump. I want to. I want if they don't if they don't have a menu like I envision it. I want to make suggestions for the menu, like a chicken tenders are called Lieutenant Dan's old legs. Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan, I got you some ice cream. Lieutenant Dan, ice cream. We're all over the place. Let's finish setting up. Bubba dies, unfortunately. Bubba dies. And in that moment, Lieutenant Dan saves Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan does not want to be saved. He's literally got no legs. And he is calling for them to come in and, like, blast the whole place. And he's basically like, I'm going to die when they do this. And this is my destiny. You got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. Mm -hmm. I know, Forrest. That's pretty good, huh? That's great. Gary Sinise is great in this. Yeah, this probably is best role ever, right? It's so good. And and he has... Or that of Mice and Men, another challenge performance. True. He has a really... I love his arc in this. Because he's like... Military man, leader of the team, and then he loses his legs and he totally goes off the deep end and he's like a drunk mm. and living in New York off the government. And then as a joke, he tells Forrest, fine, if you're ever the captain of a shrimp boat, I'll come be your first mate. That's a bad move because it's like at this point, at that point in the story, he's become like a world ping pong champ. Like he's actually accomplished. He's already become famous like once. Yeah. Because he went on the freaking, um, not Mike Douglas, I forget, the other guy. Dick Cabot. Who's a, good, who's a good interviewer. Not Mike, what is that fucker's name? Dick anyway. Cabot. Is that the thing when he's on with John Lennon? Yeah. I have a problem with that scene. Oh, that scene sucked. The mouth on John Lennon is like. Yeah, Nixon it's looked so weird bad. too. Nixon looked really weird. Kennedy looked okay, but Nixon looked whack and Lennon looked whack. There and were that some whole things that they did that they could have done it in a way that it didn't look that terrible. And that, and that whole like the whole concept of the Lennon scene. Forrest Gump, John Lennon. Welcome home. Had quite a trip. Can you uh, tell us um, what was China like? In the land of China, people hardly got. Nothing at all. No possessions? And in China, they never go to church. No religion, too? Oh. Hard to imagine. Well, it's easy if you try, Dick. That was so dumb. I'm sorry, that was so dumb. The only one, honestly, of all of those, like, trying to insert him into history, the stuff when he's running is fun. Like, the have a nice day and shit happens like that's fun but when it's meeting people the only one that i actually like the way they handled it was the elvis yeah, yeah that's fucking fun and they don't zero in on that kid's face who's playing elvis he's like in the shadows kurt like, russell's voice was elvis in there forrest i told you not to bother this nice young man Oh, no, that's all right, ma'am. I-, I was just showing him a thing or two on the guitar here. All right, but your supper's ready if y'all want to eat. Yeah, that sounds good. Thank you, ma'am. Say, man, sh- show me that crazy little walk you just did there. Slow it down some. You ain't nothing but a... I like that guitar. It sounded good. Forrest taught him his moves. I love that, too, when Mama's like... This is not for a child's eyes when actually he's the, the one child, that came up with the dance. We're all over the fucking place. How can you not be with this movie? You can't go beat by if beat. If you also we'll just, haven't seen be boring this movie, shit. then you should watch it. And then you'll know what we're talking about. I'm just saying, like, we're not going to I'm under. this movie. I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm not over a four with this no, movie. No, I, I don't well, I, don't I don't think know. it's a bad movie, but I'm not over a four. That's fine. I'm just saying if you want to know the story of it, there's no way we could actually tell you the whole thing. I appreciate this movie for what it is, but it's in a different way that I appreciate it as a kid. When sure. I was a kid, I probably thought this movie was real deep. Mm. And now I, I think it's always meant to be a comedic drama, but it is definitely heavy-handed in that drama. My The thing I hated the most about this movie was the feather. I feel like the feather was just like a bookend way. Like they weren't sure how to end the movie. 
There were also, well, they did it at the beginning and then at the end, and it was too much. It's like this feather flowing. But Angela, Angela, that feather is just drifting through life. Listen. Just like I am. a string of movies also in the 90s. It made me think of the American Beauty paper or plastic bag. Yeah, that was... Like, I was uh, like, how much time did we waste watching things just fly around in the air in the 90s? Like, I don't know. Just going through life. Because that's the part of it that makes it feel more like a big fish or something. Which it is kind of this grand, like they're putting him into history. But the part, the, the, having the the feather at the beginning and the feather at the end, like tries to like say there's something magical happening. And and you didn't need to do that. I think it was just like a bookend way. Because you're not sure how to end it. Um, you just end it. Jenny. Jenny. I tried to be, I try. I had to say to myself over and over again, saying, Bob, she, she had a bad childhood. Yeah. Because throughout the movie, I'm like, Jenny, you cunt. Jenny, Jenny. Jenny was a very traumatized little girl who could not move past that, honestly, until she had her own child. It seems like mm. she was running from stuff. I do think she always loved Forrest, but I think that she thought he was too good for her. She didn't deserve someone to be nice to her. People have that kind of damage sometimes, you know. And and listen, just because someone is abused physically, sexually, it doesn't mean that they're going to go down this path that Jenny went down. No, but, no. But they can. It's possible. You know, like, I think part of the reason that she would lash out at Forrest in particular is because of how much he loved her. And I don't think that she felt that she deserved love. Maybe maybe Ginny was actually a fantastic representation of an annoying hippie that thinks they're doing something great but really isn't accomplishing anything. Well, and I don't know. She never said she was doing anything great. She wanted, she to, wanted be, to be part of she something. She wanted to be Joe Baez. You know, she's in that time. She's, oh my God, the the fucking, um, student, the SDS guy, what's his name, who slaps her at the Black Panther, oh my God. Oh yeah. We, the Black Panthers, are against the war in Vietnam. Yes, we are against any war where black soldiers are sent to the front line to die for a country that hates them. Yes, we are against any war where black soldiers go to fight and come to be brutalized and killed in their own communities as they sleep in their beds at night. Yes, we are against all these racist and imperial dog acts. One of the unintentionally funniest parts in the movie, this dude is from this, (laughs) this movie tries to strike some weird balance, but at at that point it's just like, boy, these little commies at the Students for a Democratic Society, they just slap their women around. And I'm not saying that none of them ever did. I would, I think it's stupid to say that any hippie movement was not uh, bogged down by its own versions of sexism or whatever. Sure. But it definitely was just like. <laughs> what struck me in that was that later when he's trying to apologize to her, he blames it on the fucking government. It's fucking Johnson, man. Yeah, it's like, okay. Just and we super, all know people who just, get so worked up about shit like that. Just overtly hyped up versions that are perceived in this modern lens that we look back at the past and i don't know it's you know during the time when forrest gump came came out it seemed like there was a cultural fascination throughout the 90s with the 60s yes there was so forrest gump fit right in when we were growing up in the 90s it seemed like in the 80s they wouldn't shut up about the 50s and then when we got to the 90s they wouldn't shut up about the fucking 60s i unironically wore bell bottoms in high school and if you can give 9-11 any credit, the world following that was so fucking weird in its own right, even up to today, yeah. that it kind of dumped this weird fascination with another tumultuous time. I still think it's a time worth looking at and it's objectively fascinating, but I mean, it was just beat into our heads because that generation was just throwing its culture 
at us and at the Gen X and being like, you're so apathetic. You're, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the idea of generation shitting on the generations underneath it is just older than time. It's the one thing that every generation is guaranteed to fucking do. Guaranteed. Yeah. Guaranteed. <laughs> that's what how Forrest would say it. But, but yeah. So it was kind of like too much, honestly, at mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. I think there was even a miniseries called The 60s on television that was fucking awful. It was so shitty. But, yeah. but we were just had that browbeat into us. And it definitely was this feeling that a lot of people from this generation were claiming to be on the front lines of real change that then they more than they actually were at the time. Like, like they were all at Woodstock and it's like, no, most of y'all just wanted a party. Mm-hmm. You weren't trying to fucking change the world. Mm-hmm. But when you look back, then the generations look back and they retroactively analyze their place in it and see the greater culture of it and how what's talked about, it becomes easy to retroactively in your mind inject yourself into the most important eras of the day. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in, in our generation, like we might do that with say a, a 9-11, you know, even if we weren't in New York at a time, you know, we all know what was happening Absolutely. at 9-11, right? Absolutely. And we all can easily play up an emotion into that because it was an emotional time, even though it may be we weren't there firsthand, you know? Right. The 60s. It belongs the 60s. in the 60s. So, you know, the thing about Jenny is that... Jenny. She comes in and out of forest life. They kind of have that. It is. It is a little quote unquote magical. The way they'll just randomly I, come I, upon each other I and do, spend a whole night. I do love how Forrest is beaten up like half her boyfriends. Oh yeah. Well, because she <laughs> goes after bad guys, yeah. and the second he sees someone hurt her, he wants to kill them. Yeah, he's she's hooking up in a car, and uh, he just hears her say, "Oh, that hurts." Yeah, he's getting it in. And then Forrest pulls the guy out and just starts beating the shit out of him. He might have pulled her hair accidentally. Like, yeah, you yeah. just don't know. But she's she was mad at Forrest. But also, the guy could have hit her, and she still would have been begging him to not leave. Because that's that's that cycle that she was in, is actually, like, going after these guys who are not actually great guys. And she might, like 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 the SDS guy, like, maybe she's attracted to him. Because he's, like, passionate and he's making a change and he's doing something. But then at the end of the day, he's still, like, an asshole. Yeah. And when she, when she initially, when he initially beats up the guy that's trying to fuck her in a car, she takes him into her dorm room because she's mm-hmm. at an all-girls college. Oh, yeah. And she lets him, like, fill up her tits. And I did not understand as a child watching this. I didn't this either. That he was busting I right didn't either. There. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> I remember not even understanding when he says, I think I ruined your roommate's house coat. It's because he came all over it. <laughs> and she even says, bet that never happened in civics class or whatever. Because he talks about how he sits next to girls in civics class. And I just thought she meant touching boobs. Like, I knew he touched her boobs because she puts his hand on her boobs. But no, I didn't know he... I didn't know he... Maybe that was busted. the first time he busted. It was, I think. Wow. I mean, unless he did it alone. I think it was the first time he busted with a girl. Man, if that's because the first time he busted, then that robe is ruined. I don't think maybe ever. <laughs> I'm sure he figured out he how to take care of himself. That ro- robe. But he had never had contact with a girl in that way. He um, bust. He also sees her later when he, he gets wind that she's performing in Memphis, but it's this nude show where she... Gets to be a singer, but she's naked. And of course, the audience is rude because they want her to like and show. And he goes herself. on stage and picks her up and carries her off, and she's like, "Forrest, no!" And she runs away from him. And she, and he tells her, uh, "Jenny, they're sending me to Vietnam." And she's like, "You run, Forrest. Don't try to be brave. Don't try to be brave. Run, yeah. Sores. We went through Vietnam, sorta, sorta. And uh, he, and uh, that part where he tells the story of getting shot, but he describes it like." Something bit him. Something jumped up and bit me. Also, of course, he's telling all this story to people sitting on a park bench while he's waiting on a bus. You know what the best part about that park bench thing? You know, there was a lady at the end who just kind of fell in love with him and, like, skipped her bus. Yeah, she skipped her bus. What I love so much is he's saying all this crazy, crazy crazy-ass shit, right? And that one man, the, the thing that was too much for him was Forrest saying that he owned Bubba Gump Shrimp. Yeah. 
he was like, whatever, dude. Like, he thought that was a lie. It's like, have you been listening to the rest of this story? And also, his name is Forrest Gump. Look, he's, like, famous in four different fronts by you the time he's on that. Him. There should be people walking down the street like, hey, aren't you Forrest he Gump? He was on commercials. Yeah. But you could also argue that he's a pretty generic, normal-looking dude. Like, that's the thing about Tom Hanks in general. Like, he's not, you know, gorgeous. He's not like striking in some way the reason he can meld into every role that he does so well is because he's just an average looking guy but when he's, he's like, not unattractive he gets good at ping pong after recovering from getting shot in the ass he wins the medal of honor yeah. so he's got war hero status there he's so good at ping pong that they never he, send him back to the front line pl- he's playing ping pong for the army he plays in china first Americans in China in like a long time. Yeah, or and that alone would grant him American hero status. Absolutely. So that's one level of fame. And he's on television because of it. Yeah, that's when he meets exa- John Lennon. Exactly, like- and that's the le- that's the level of fame right there. So that old guy that doesn't, that older man that doesn't believe him, like I would think that he'd be like, wait a minute, you're the fucking ping pong guy exactly. that won the well, Medal of Honor. And then the lady who's still sitting there, she scoots over closer to him. And he goes, oh, you want to see a picture of Lieutenant Dan? And he pulls out the Fortune 500 magazine or whatever yeah, yeah. They're on the cover of it. Yeah. It's so crazy. I, I do love, you know, ultimately what I think this story is about, obviously, is just relationships, right? That, like, you can have all the money in the world and it doesn't actually matter. Like, but the reason that Forrest can well, kind of... Often said by people with money. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But I think the reason that this one kind of hit in the way it did is because it's not that he has a lot of money and he's living like he has a lot of money and he's okay with it. When he finds out that he's like Lieutenant Dan invested them in Apple and he's like, oh, yeah, he did. He got me into some fruit company. Yeah. And then wrote me a letter and said, I don't have to worry about anymore. And I said, good. One less thing. You know, there's like a simplicity to it. Where he's not jaded in the way that someone else who made all that money could be. Uh, he gets money to buy his shrimping boat when some companies that just want him to be the figurehead of his ping pong shit. I love this part. And there's a set there when he goes to Mama's house and there's just ping pong shit all, all in there. Where it's like the Forrest Gump, Chairman Mao like play set. Yeah. It's like, I wanted that so bad. Yeah. Give me that so bad. And he's holding up. This uh, ping pong paddle with Mal's face on it. I just love Sally Field so much because she goes, they just want you to say that you liked playing with their their ping pong paddle. And he goes, but that's not true, Mama. I play with my ping pong paddle. And she goes, well, why don't you just hold it for a while, Forrest? Mom says a little white lie and it's okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I wanted I wanted those fake products. Sometimes you see fake products in a movie and you're like, yeah. I wish I had that. So he buys the boat. And it takes him a long time. And, and this is another thing where they're, you know, he's injected into moments in history and is threaded in as though he affected them or he benefits from the moments in history, whether small or great. Mm-hmm. Like, like he comes up with the don't worry, be happy shirt, wiping his fucking face and making a smiley face on his shirt. And I guess there was a storm that wrecked a bunch of shrimping boats. He's failing hard. And Lieutenant Dan, of course, gets word because he promised he'd be his first mate. So they're trying, and then a big storm blows through, and Dan is, like, totally, like, off his shit, but he's very entertaining. I love him. And he's screaming while the storm's blowing, like, you're not going to wreck this boat. (laughs) Hurricane Carmen came through here yesterday, destroying nearly everything in its path. And as in other towns up and down the coast, BioLabattery's entire shrimping industry has fallen victim to Carmen and has been left in utter ruin. Speaking with local officials, this reporter has learned, in fact, only one shrimping boat actually survived the storm. So God said, fuck all those other people, but these guys and this uh, legless man who uh, has been talking shit about me, they're getting all the shrimp now. And they get mad bucks. And I did like the scene where... Bubba's mother gets a check because Bubba proposed that they would split this 50-50. 50/50. 
And he does honor that and gives his mother like 50% of the earnings. She passes out. And she like flops out. Yeah. Because he goes to see her and tells her what he wants to do. Yeah. And she says, are you stupid? And he always responds with stupid is as stupid does. And she's like, okay, whatever. You, it's your life. But then, yeah, like years later, she just gets this check for half of the company. So, but there's so much money that like everyone's completely taken care of. So, uh, so it ends up the business expands. And Lieutenant Dan runs it, and Forrest just goes back home to mow the lawn. When Mama dies, I actually kind of love how Forrest disperses his money. I do too. Like he literally honors the fifty percent agreement with Bubba's mother, and then he just donates to his community. He donates to the hospital where where Bubba's from. Yeah. He gives money to the church that he was going to and then he, all those years. And then he mows the lawn at his old school for, for free. free because he just likes to do it. He's the gardener. He doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to work because he's got this, like, fucking Apple money coming in it's on hon- top of Bubba Gump money. It's honestly what I would do if I had a lot of money. Just be like, great, let me just help who I can help here. And yeah. Just, be able to live the, my life and do what I want to do. And then Jenny comes home. And the thing about this visit with Jenny is that, you know, she stays with him for a while and they're dancing and they're taking long walks. And she doesn't really tell him anything about what she's been doing, right? But she, we've seen her throughout this, like, she's been doing drugs. She almost killed herself at one point. Like, she always is... The whole, like, God make me a bird and fly far, far away. Like, she's always talking about jumping off things, you know? Like, she yeah. at one point... I think when she realizes that she needs to go back home is, is that part where she's with this guy and he's, I think it's heroin, like he's passed out and she crawls up and she's on this ledge and she actually almost falls. While well, like Freebird is moment, playing, yeah. Right. Some of it, it's very heavy. It's yeah. very heavy. It's, um, but she almost falls and in that moment she realizes, ball. I don't think I actually want to die. Yeah. Right. But she goes back home and they, they spend all this time together and he tells her about everything and, you know, he asks her to marry him. And he says, why don't you love me? And she doesn't really answer him. And then later that night, she crawls in his bed. Because you're a re-re for us. And they have sex. <laughs> she does but throw. But she says to him. She does throw pussy on him. I do love you. Yeah. I do love you. And he's, but then she leaves before he wakes up. I think it's still that whole thing where she could have stayed there and been happy with him. Jenny, I think I'm peeing in you. <laughs> Is that? It's not pee, Forrest. I think I'm peeing. It's like in that dorm room. <laughs> Forrest, it's not pee. And then she fucking leaves. She leaves because still, like, she could have stayed and been super happy. And I still think that scares her. Because during that visit is when she goes home and they go to the old house where her daddy used to hurt her. And she's, like, throwing rocks and she, like, kind of loses it. She still hasn't, she still hasn't been able to get past what happened to her there and she still doesn't feel like she I think she still doesn't feel like she's worthy of his love because she knows it's real and so she she's got to go get AIDS first and this is well I think she already has it at that point oh really well because Wait. Be, yes because at that point she get okay because she gets pregnant that night I don't think that she I think she got her act clean when she realized she was pregnant but I think that she might have already how long? I mean, this is early AIDS. There's treatments now, but and she like, she could have gotten it after. How I don't long know. does that last? In that, in the, I mean, this is like. Well, in this, in she this died in '82. It's like she's she might kid, as well be in the cast of the band played on. Like the when way she died, the kid was like four. Yeah. So you're right. I don't know. I mean, she does. But anyway, he starts running and he runs for three years. And then when he stops running, he comes home and she sends him a letter and says, come visit me in Savannah. Coast to coast he runs. Like for three he, years, back he and hit, forth and back and forth and back and forth. He runs from the 70s into the 80s. Yep. He runs for so long. And then she says, hey, please come see me. And he goes and she looks great and she looks happy and from the point where he's been narrating from the benches oh yeah we now he's are in, in real town life. to go see her yeah and that's when a lady's like when he describes where he needs to go that lady's like lady it's, she's like it's just five blocks up that way so he starts running again he runs he runs all the time and he goes to her apartment and then a lady who was babysitting a child shows up and it's Haley joel motherfucking osmond he's so tiny he was we were all once tiny 
Yeah, but I guess he's only supposed to be three, and he goes in and sits down, and he's watching Bert and Ernie, and she tells... For, this part did get to me. This was... This was one of the parts that got to me the most, is when she tells him, yeah, his name is... She's like, Jenny, he's like, Jenny, you're a mama, and she's like, yeah, his name is Forrest, I named him after his daddy. He got a daddy named Forrest, too? You're his daddy, Forrest. And the way it, like, came over his face... Like, Tom he did, Hanks he, really is a fucking brilliant actor. Well, I'll be honest. I did think he was fantastic in this scene. I kind of feel like this role is overrated in I, his ouvoir. I agree. You'll notice that when he got loud, he just sounded like Tom Hanks. I agree. But in, in but these this scene was moments, very good. There's nothing you need to do, okay? You didn't do anything wrong. Okay. Isn't he beautiful? It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. But is is he smart? He's very smart. He's one of the smartest in his class. And there's almost this second of happiness, and then immediately. But is he fear? Is he, like it's, is he smart? Is he and he doesn't actually say, is he like me? Yeah. But he starts to, and he can't even get the words out. And he's just tear he's not full crying, but he has tears in his eyes, and then so did I. And Jenny's like, he's the smartest kid in his class. And I love so much then he's like, and he doesn't even say words, and she's like, You can go. Because there's this thing where like he's they not, know each other so well. Is he like me, a multimillionaire and a ping pong champion? Oh God, don't let him be like that. <laughs> Good God. Um, but so he goes in and he sits down and says, what are you watching? And he says, Bert and Ernie. And he sits down next to him and they both turn their head the same way. Yeah. And that's a little much, but it's got me in that moment because I was so like, oh, they're alike. And that actually makes me think, like, that kind of thing is really real, though. It seems cheesy, but it's like the thing about how you and your aunts all like blue cheese. Yeah, yeah. And that's inexplicable. Yeah. That might sound like it's- a dumb thing, but... Well, I know what you mean. People it's, that you maybe don't grow up with, all of a sudden you're the same as them in certain Yeah, she, she's referencing that there's all, my whole father's side of the family I didn't meet until I was like 30. And so there's always this question of nature and nurture. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like that there is these small things, these certain details that I do share with them that seem like they may be from my own like past or nervous habits developed for my, like like I shake my leg a lot. They all fucking do that. Yeah, and no one... Everyone, yeah. They all like shellfish. I mean, they're from Massachusetts. They would. And blue cheese is everyone's favorite dressing. I'm the only one in my family where I grew up with that would eat blue cheese. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's like things like that. But There's there are certain things that happen like that where you just go like, oh yeah, these are my people. But I am also different in other respects Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. It's, it's both. It's nature and nurture. 100%. This kid is smart. Yeah. That's different. Well, Gump and Jenny finally get hitched, but she's got, she's like, she got AIDS. Mm-hmm. And of course, at the time, she just said, I have a virus and the doctors don't know. Have you had, apparently the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company restaurant has a cocktail called Jenny's Virus. It's amazing. Also, who owns, is there, good is question. there any other please example let, Please let Robert Zemeckis and uh, Tom Hanks own a steak but and like, Bubba Gump. But, like, truly, is there any other Mike, example? Michael T. Williamson maybe has some steak in it. Is there any, can I say my sentence? <laughs> is there any other example of a movie creating something like this out of it? Like, are there Truvy's salons because of Still Magnolias? No. And if there is, it's like one named after it in a small town. It's not a chain. I've always wanted to see like a recreation of the diner from Twin Peaks. I've always wanted that. I know. I got so excited because there is like a Twin Peaks restaurant, but it has nothing to do with the show. Yeah, it's just about, but it's, I got it's really like a Hooters. Excited. Yeah. And it's annoying because they have a green font sign it outside. It's like it would be. Why would you do that? They're, it's a log cabin They're doing what the fuck with David Lynch fans is what they're doing. Trying to get us in. Liars. But yeah, but the Twin Peaks. Yeah, who is making that Twin Peaks, money? The Twin Peaks restaurant has to have the brown mugs. That curve out at the bottom. There. We it's, should it's, get some of those just for us. I, I think I looked them up and they're a little expensive, but we can. Anyway, <laughs> Jenny and Forrest get married and 
Lieutenant Dan comes, and Lieutenant Dan has got new legs. legs. Lieutenant Dan. Hello, Forrest. You got new legs. New legs. Magic legs. You got new legs. And it was really. This is the thing too about the about the small relationships and the little things that are just so sweet. Like there's that moment between Jenny and Dan. They've never met each other before. Yeah. And she just says, "Like I'm so glad to finally meet you." And when she kisses him on the cheek, she has tears in her eyes. Like it's just there's little tiny. Some of the grander, bigger things that they do is not does not really hit, especially no. anymore. But it's the very small moments that got to me in this yeah. movie. Yeah. It's some of the cheese. It feels more cheesy looking at it with adult eyes, especially yes. after seeing so many more movies from of different styles. But the cheese has its own level of humor that may or may not be unintended. And like, so- I kind of laugh at the movie more. Yes. Whereas maybe as a kid, I was like more inspired by it. But you have to think of this movie, like I mentioned Big Fish earlier, like it really is like a Southern epic, you know, like it is almost like a fairy tale. It's rooted in like history, but it's completely obviously not true. And the fact that this one person would live a life this grand is crazy. And especially coming from such a small town and not being a smart man yeah you know i'm not a smart man yeah but i know what love is jenny dies jenny dies on a sunday saturday morning i don't know he buries her under their tree well let me look it up let me look up when jenny died is it on a sunday or a saturday let's i think he says you died on a saturday morning but anyway he always likes to say what day like he says when his mama died too like his mama died on a tuesday or something well we need to fact check this I also think it's interesting because when he talks about famous people, like, for example, John Lennon and JFK and Bobby Kennedy, he'll say things like, and then years later, for no reason at all, (laughs) somebody shot that man when he was riding in his car. Or, you know, like, it's just... Yeah. Well, he's named after Nathan Bedford Forrest, the founder of the Ku Klux Klan. I forgot that part, and he's telling that to a black woman. and 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 he says... And mama named me that because this is a reminder that sometimes we do things that don't make no sense. <laughs> and it's like, well, I, um, I, you can't approve. It's certainly senseless what Forrest did, but, um, Nathan Bedford Forrest did, but like it's something that can be explained it's and terrible. warned against. But fortunately, Forrest is not inherently racist. No. He even picks up the, the book that is dropped by a girl who's being segregated into. Um, Alabama. That schools. was one of the better like integrations of him into a history. I actually family. thought that was just very funny. Just the idea of him so this simple man be like, "Ma'am, ma'am, fucking George Wallace is standing there." Well, yeah, I'm glad George Wallace got shot. It's too bad they didn't kill him when they tried to assassinate him. Um, but so now you know they're still living in this house that's been in his family for decades, uh, centuries. And he's taking care of little Forrest and, he, and they go fishing and they hang out and they read books and he goes to school. Yeah. The end. The end. And then the feather Do comes. Do you think that Forrest sat on that stump the entire day that little boy was at school? He kind of is like, I'll be here when you get back. And then he just kind of settles in. And he's that kind of guy who can run for three years. Like he just kind of settles in. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> they should have had a Forrest Gump too where Haley Joe Osmond like actually creates like the iPod or something. Right. <laughs> Something like, or he accidentally causes 9-11 or saves certain people from it, but not everyone. Mm. Or, um, or, uh, when he, uh, what else would he do in the 2000s? He would, uh, accidentally join ISIS or something. I think we could, we could spitball a Forrest Gump too, pretty good. Apparently, Winston Groom did write a sequel. That I, is, su- I did hear that, that is supposedly even more cynical than the first one. Like, it's just like, like a like, I heard it's kind of harsh, but kind of it's got that sense well, of humor. Well, the first but it, book was cynical, and then the movie was not. He might have doubled hard. down he doubled because he down, was like, yeah. "That's not what I meant." I mean, he apparently presented original s- screenplays, but uh, uh, but Eric Roth was ultimately the one that yeah decided to shift the whole tone of the movie as well as the producers. But yeah, but that's, but that's Forrest Gump. 
an old childhood favorite of ours. Yeah. It was one I watched a lot as a kid. This is the first time too. I've seen it in a minute. I, I kind of did already have a lot of this movie mapped out in my brain, you know? There were bits I had definitely forgotten, though. It was nice to revisit it after so long, but I, I agree with most everything you said about the cheesiness or the the kind of over-the-top ridiculousness. I am going... Are we ready to rate? Yes, let's rate it. I'm going to give this one a 3.5. I'm going to match that. I yeah. think it's a solid 7 I movie. I do, too. I do, too. This was the best picture winner of the following Academy and Awards. And I understand. I At mean, the time... I don't know. I mean, I would might think that, you know, Lion King was a little bit better, maybe. Uh, I do think Pulp Fiction is a little... It was definitely more original than Pulp this movie. Pulp Fiction... But you got to understand that... Was a big deal. Like, everyone was just obsessed with Forrest Gump. Yeah. Like, from my grandma to, like, people my own age. Like, people saw this at the theater multiple times. Forrest Gump was a family movie that I'm, everyone watched together. Pulp Fiction, I was, was one of those movies that was like, it was bad. Not bad as in a bad movie, but, like, they said bad things in that movie, and... I was, like, banned from seeing that movie, which made me want to see it even more. Like, Quentin Tarantino well, they was cur- a big deal also when we were younger, but it wasn't something everyone was watching. They cursed and uh, they cursed a little bit in Forrest Gump. They did. So, we're up in the B pluses here with old Forrest, and we're set, we've set our, uh, our new method of categorizing our ratings is, you know... Um, for, so for B tier, which runs from 7.5 to 6, mm-hmm. everything that is a 7.5 is just listed in alphabetical order. So Forrest Gump, B tier. Forrest Gump lands between, for a few dollars more, and Horror of Dracula for B plus tier movies. And there you go. Interesting movie to revisit if... Uh, if you like, if you liked our discussion, leave a comment, like, subscribe, check the links for other places to find us in our little show notes. Uh, what's your favorite scene in Forrest Gump? Did you like it when he showed the president his ass? Apparently, Lyndon Johnson had a, an enormous penis and would like flash it out at people. So he was an interesting character. So <laughs> him seeing Forrest's ass, he probably would just find that more amusing. He wouldn't like walk away like, what the hell? Well, you he kind of was like, that crazy kid. Yeah, yeah. But apparently, like, yeah, apparently this guy, he had a huge dick and showed it off. Well, that was in front of of cameras. So mm. he had to sort of act like he wasn't into it. But he did lean in and go, oh, I'd like to see that. <laughs> he meant, like, in the Oval Office later, All I right. Think. So, <laughs> like, subscribe, leave a comment, and uh, we'll get back to you with more later this week. Life to all lovers. Life to all lovers.